Now for our scripture reading this morning. Let us listen for the word of the Lord from Exodus chapter 3. Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian, and he led his flock beyond the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of a bush. He looked and the bush was blazing, yet it was not consumed. Then Moses said, I must turn aside and look at this great sight and see why this bush is not burned up. When the Lord saw that he had turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. And God said, come no closer. Remove the sandals from your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. He said further, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord said, I have observed the misery of my people who are in Egypt. I have heard their cry on account of their taskmasters. Indeed, I know their sufferings. And I have come down to deliver them from the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey, to the country of the Canaanites and the Hittites, the Amorites, the Parasites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. The cry of the Israelites has now come to me. I have also seen how the Egyptians oppressed them. So come, I will send you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? He said, I will be with you. And this shall be the sign for you that it is I who sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall worship God on this mountain. But Moses said to God, if I come to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your ancestors has sent me to you and they ask me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. He said further, thus you shall say to the Israelites, I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, thus shall you say to the Israelites, the Lord of the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and this is my title for all generations. May God add a blessing to the reading and the hearing of God's holy word. So this text is one of the most memorable in scripture. I think it's one that most of you probably remember learning about in Sunday school. I bet if you dug down in the recesses of your memory, you would remember a picture that you drew of Moses and the burning bush, and I bet your Sunday school teacher tacked it to a hallway on the church walls. What's more fun to draw than Moses before the burning bush? David also preached on part of the text this week, so he gave me a head start. He quoted Tillich in his translation of God's name. When God says, I am who I am, or another um, translation of the Hebrew is, I will be who I will be. 
David reminded us that Tillich says that God is telling Moses, I am the ground of being or beingness itself. That is who God is. And I know many of you love the videos Numa and you've watched them together for adult faith formation. And he has a video on breathing where he explains that when God says, I am who I am, God is giving these four letters, Y-H-W-H, which are basically all vowel sounds in the Hebrew, which means they're unpronounceable. You can't really say the name of God. The closest approximation you can come to it in saying the letters sounds like breathing. The Y, the H, the W, the H. As you repeat these letters over and over, it sounds like an inhale and an exhale. So in, the in every single moment, whether you know it or not, in your very breathing, you are essentially calling on the name of God. So all of this is explained to us through story. I've mentioned Midrash to you before and how I love this ancient and ongoing Jewish practice of noticing what the text says and what the text doesn't say. Where are there gaps in the story that don't really make sense to us? And this practice invites us to use our imagination to fill in these missing pieces. So this strange thought occurred to me this week as I reread this text. What if God had been trying to get Moses' attention? And what if this burning bush wasn't the first attempt? What if it was just the thing that finally worked? What if first God had tried God's favorite go-to attention grabber, a sunset, for example, because Moses used to watch the sunset over the pyramids and God thought it would remind him of home? What if God tried to remind Moses through the face of his new baby boy, who was the spitting image of his aunt Miriam, still in bondage in Egypt? What if God had tried God's usual symbolism a lamb caught in briars to represent the people ensnared, or a rock slide to remind Moses of the mind-numbing and back-breaking labor that his people were doing, moving stones under the whips of their oppressors. What if Moses had worn a small bead on a string his whole life, and one day, while he was keeping his flocks, it had fallen off, and he searched and searched for it and found it tangled in a basket, and that basket brought his whole story flooding back to him of how his mother sent him down the Nile to save him. I don't believe that God can manipulate us like a puppet, right? Do we have that image of a marionette where some talented person is pulling strings and the puppet is dancing? I don't think God works that way, but I have felt, and I know you have too, the pull of your heartstring. Do you know that image? I believe God has a way to communicate with us through a gentle tug on our heart. And I imagine that God had been pulling on Moses' heartstrings over and over again, trying to compel him to do what he needed to do and go back and lead his people out of bondage. But what if each time God had reached out, Moses had shaken off that feeling and gone about his daily tasks? So what if frustrated, finally so fed up with this inability to reach Moses, God tried this burning bush. And this thought came to my mind for a few reasons. 
First, I love the way the story is told. It's first the messenger of God who had to appear to Moses. God doesn't begin to speak until this messenger has captured Moses' attention. It reminds me of a very busy person sitting at her desk and calling out to her assistant in the other room, hey, could you please get so-and-so on the line for me? And then she doesn't pick up on her end until the assistant tells her that the recipient is already on the line. It's like God must have had better things to do with God's time while the assistant went out to get Moses' attention. And then Moses finally turns aside to see this amazing event, a burning bush that isn't consumed. And finally, God speaks, and finally, Moses hears. Now, this might get a little weird, but bear with me. In my training to do um, counseling with couples who were getting ready to get married, I took a course called Prepare and Rich, which helps newlyweds to understand how to build and maintain healthy relationships. It's um, part inventory because it's based on a lot of online tests and it highlights the places in a relationship that are their areas for growth. And it's um, also an ongoing workbook to help couples build necessary skills, like how to resolve conflicts and how to make decisions together. And in this work, I also was led to discover um, doctors John and Julie Gottman, who are relationship experts. Um, I can't say that without... Um, thinking of the love experts line from Frozen. But anyway, they're relationship experts and they've written a number of books on marriage and spent 40 years researching over 3,000 couples. One of the most basic but critical discoveries they made about a healthy and successful relationship they call the bid. A bid is simply an attempt to get someone's attention in a verbal or nonverbal way. It can be a sigh or a huff, have you ever noticed when someone comes in the room and just, they would call that a bid. Or it could be a chuckle. It could be a phone call. That would be an obvious one. It could be verbal like, hey, did you hear about, or an invitation, like, let's go on a bike ride. Or, hey, can you help me with this? Or, um, what should I do about this problem I'm having? Relationships are full of bids. And so, um, Dr. John and Julie Gottman discovered that the strength of any relationship depends on the percentage of bids, and they studied couples extensively. They watched them have many conversations, and they said the percentage of bids that are met with positive attention is the mark of success of what makes a positive, happy relationship. So in happy relationships, they say over 80% of bids, big or small, are met with turning toward so you have someone making a bid, someone's busy doing something else, and with the turning toward, they put aside what they've been doing, and they turn toward the bid, and they need it with their positive attention. So if someone sighs, you say, what's going on with you? What's that about? And you stay open-minded to their response. In unhappy relationships, most of which they say are sadly not going to last, only 30% of bids are met with a positive response, and the rest are either ignored or responded to with hostility or resentment or derision. So the Gottmans focused on romantic relationships, but the idea of a bid is not unique to, to a marriage. Anyone in your life can make a bid for your attention and any relationship in your life can be strengthened by the number of bids that you meet with a positive response. Turning toward the bidder and realizing what's underneath a sigh or a huff or an invitation to go on a bike ride, all of it is 
a, a plea to strengthen your relationship, to form a connection, to get attention. So back to our story, I think God as burning bush is simply a dramatic bid to get Moses' attention. And that's why I think that maybe this was not God's first attempt. But like the name of God, this tells us something really important about who God is. Now, who doesn't love Palm Sunday? I think it's one of our most well-attended church services. And we remember that story every year. Jesus makes a triumphal entry into Jerusalem on the back of a donkey while the people shout, Hosanna, save us. We know because it would be impossible to preach that day without mentioning the symbolism of the donkey. We know that the choice to ride into the city on the back of a donkey instead of a war horse was a deliberate choice to show that God shows up as a peaceful and humble presence. And it's just the same here. I never realized it until this week, but the burning bush is also a sign of God's humility. God could have shown up to Moses in any possible majestic, glorious way, a mountain, a storm, even a tree towering over Moses in a flame would have been more majestic than this small bush, shorter than Moses, humble and burning itself to capture attention, self-sacrificial, but entirely humble, vulnerable and needy. This is a God who appears right where Moses is and is so desperate for attention that God literally bursts into flames for it. Have you ever felt like that? Like you needed someone's attention so badly that you could just burst into flames? A bid sounds simple, but in making one, you open yourself up. You make yourself vulnerable. You could be rejected. And meeting bids consistently and lovingly takes so much effort. It means that if you're going to turn towards someone, you're going to turn away from something else. And this is not easy. I think it's especially hard these days because our time and attention is so divided and so precious. The pressure we're living with makes a lot of us feel anxious. And it's hard to be in the present moment when we're under stress. I think it's easier than ever to miss or dismiss the bids of our loved ones. And the patterns we're living by are so drastically different in the last six months and are about to change again as people go back to school, as businesses are reopening in a new way. For people who are working from home with young children, there's no clear boundary between work life and home life and bids come from all places all the time. For others, we've become so isolated in this time that it's hard to know how to make or receive bids for attention anymore. All the rules have changed. You can't just call up a friend and meet for lunch. Even if we were great at making and responding to bids before, we have to learn new patterns and new skills. So let's go back to our passage because there's so much we can learn here from Moses. First at the beginning of this passage, Moses goes deep into the wilderness. Now you know there's something funny going on in the Hebrew when if you open any different English translation of the Bible, you're going to get different, a different translation. So you can tell that the English translators don't agree on how it should be written. So in one version, it will say, Moses is at the far side of the desert. 
Another writes, the edge of the wilderness. The King James Version writes, the backside of the desert. Regardless, I think we are there. However you want to describe this place, this is where we are right now. The deep, far edge of a dry, parched wilderness. And for Moses, the baby who floated down the Nile in a basket, who grew up in an opulent palace beside this river that would overflow its banks and water the entire region, here he is on dusty ground at the edge of a dry mountain encountering God in a fiery bush. He is quite literally out of his element. So he sees this amazing sight and first he turns aside. It's this turning aside he gets ready to meet this cry for attention. Even if he missed countless bids before, here he's present to and with God in this moment where he turns aside. And what he says is, here I am. This is the most basic response you can make to a bid. Turning toward and being present, saying, here I am. Even if you only say it in your own mind as you turn to meet the bid, think to yourself, I'm going to be present to this need. And next, he's curious. He takes an open-minded stance. And so he asks a question and then a number of questions. Why is this bush not burning up? Who am I that I should go? Who are you? What is your real name? He has begun this open dialogue. So Moses getting it right this time reminds me that this is a practice. We aren't simply good at this or bad at this. We practice it by being intentional about the quality of our attention. I believe that the place where Moses was standing when God said, take off your shoes, for the place you are standing is holy ground. I believe that that place wasn't holy just because that's where God already was, that that's God's holy place. I think it was holy as every place can be because that was the place Moses turned his attention and finally encountered God. Any place can be holy when we turn our attention to God. So notice where God is making a bid for your attention tugging at your heartstrings or making a dramatic display to remind you of what really matters and what your community needs from you. But don't separate it out from all the other bids for your attention. I believe that God might be making a bid for your attention through the people around you. So here is a challenge. Make your response to the bids that come to you this week in your life a spiritual practice. First, and I learned this from a very wise member of the church this week, see where you are making a bid to yourself. You have to be able to respond to your body's own bids for attention if you're going to be able to respond to someone else's. Take care of yourselves. See pain, hunger, exhaustion, irritation in your own body as a bid for attention and meet that need first. It's only after you meet your own needs that you will be able to say, here I am, to anyone else who comes to you. Your beloved, your children, your parents, your brothers and sisters, your friends, the needs of your community and your neighbors, the needs of the nation, the needs of the world. These are all bits for you to turn aside and notice and to respond with curiosity 
and to find your place in this work. God's overarching concern is for the liberation of the people. And I truly believe that God has a role for you to play in that, in repairing the intimate relationships in your own lives and in the nation as a whole. Mr. Rogers said, the older I get, the more convinced I am that the space between communicating human beings can be hallowed ground. It absolutely can be, but it takes work. So friends, turn aside, think to yourself, here I am, be curious, meet one another on holy ground and remember that with every breath you are calling on God's holy name. Amen.